Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Well, we got some news yesterday that we haven't gotten in about seven years, and that is a major uh, reconstitution of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, we'll talk about that, trading implications, market implications, the, uh, the, the reconstitution will take effect uh, August 31st, so the same day as the Apple and Tesla stock splits, so that day will probably be fireworks, but we've got that on our radar. We've got earnings on our radar. We've got pre-market movers on our radar. So a lot to get to. Nick Sheen is our guest. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. He will join us at 8.35. Uh, please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate any and all likes and subscribes. And I'm watching the number there. So I'm keeping one eye on that at all times. And I'm tracking that. And now, Joel, I'll throw it to you to recap what happened in the overnight session. Joel. Ah, good morning to you, Spencer, and good morning, traders. Uh, we're in the green once again. Uh, strong close on Monday. Strong open on to Monday night for the Tuesday session. Uh, Pre-market low right there near your close, 27.5. Our low, 26.75. We had a little sprint up to 48.75. There's nothing up there, folks, because there's nothing up there. Uh, crude is in the green here by 30 cents at 42.92. I wish it would either go to 44 or 42. This $43 level is in hanging out here for the last two weeks. Uh, gold in the red by 710 at 1932.10. Silver in the red too. That's in the red by almost six cents here at 26.55. And Bitcoin. Bitcoin's in the red too here. That's in the red by $155 at 11,615. So, the Dow's been lagging, so what do you do to get the Dow higher? Maybe Dow 40,000 or Dow 50,000. What would be a good idea? To get interest back into the Dow? A little Dow get shuffle? interest and get it up to a higher price. I mean, this was the concern, and this is how you know silly this index is. A price-weighted index is so silly because the concern was, well, Apple's splitting, so obviously it's going to have a much less weight in the Dow. And you're bringing down that high price component of 500 down. What is the Apple split? I forget. Four for one, five for one, Spencer? I already forget. Yeah, I forget. It's five, five for one. But let me. Anyways, you bring it down to the $100 area. So it's going to have way less impact. So that means everything else is going to have more of an impact. So how do you adjust that? Well, you move some low price stocks out and put some high price stocks in. So you can say, okay, well, yeah, ExxonMobil has been a dog for a while. Maybe it deserves to go I'm sorry. Four for one. But but RTX and Pfizer haven't really been dogs. They're victims of just having low stock prices, and they wanted some higher stock prices in. So they take Amgen. We'll put Amgen in for Pfizer. Amgen's nice $245 price against Pfizer's only $38 price. We'll put CRM in against, um, uh, which would be coming out. Um, now I'm getting confused. Who's the CRM? CRM, uh, Amgen. Well, give us the news. Yeah, CRM and, and Honeywell Amgen. are in. Honeywell, yep. everyone. Pfizer, Raytheon, ExxonMobil, you're out. 
Okay, so they're putting they're putting another tech stock in, maybe for Exxon Mobil, and then Raytheon is going to replace, or Honeywell is going to replace Raytheon. So you can see totally, they just want to higher price stocks in. It's silly, it's silly really, but that's you know what they needed to do to um, have less of an impact to the rest of the components with the Apple. So, anyways, that's you know what it is. It is what it is. We've always talked about the price weighted index you know obviously not reflective of the overall market but everybody likes to talk it because it's a big number and people still talk the dow so it is does have relevance uh interesting you were pulling some numbers of etfs that track the dollar amounts of etfs that track the dow versus the dollar amounts of etfs that track the s p give us those details mr israel Right. So there are, there are only three ETFs that track the Dow Jones Industrial Average. There's the main one that everyone knows, the DIA, and there are two smaller ones that, that do a, an equal weighting uh, and an average yield weighting. Uh, and, th- and those are very small. Uh, but the, the, in terms of assets, uh, this is not as big a deal as it is uh, uh, compared to the S&P 500 or even the Russell uh index rebalancing. There's only about, just did some like bath and napkin math, only about $23 billion, a little over $23 billion tied to the uh, Dow Jones industrial average via ETFs. I'm sure there's a lot more via mutual funds. I do not have that data in front of me, but only about $23 billion pegged to the Dow Jones industrial average. Uh, and that that's a fraction of the amount of money that is pegged to the Dow, the S&P and the Russell indexes. So in terms of a, a rebalancing event, the, the trade is obviously on today. The, the news was last night. In terms of, a, in terms of a, a tradable event on the day of the uh, change, which is the 31st, uh, I'm not sure how much of a trade that will be because there's really not, not a lot of money tied to the Dow Jones. So just comparatively speaking, you pulled a number, 23 billion worth of ETFs tied to the Dow, 11 trillion trillion. worth of ETFs tied to the S&P. So you can see it's just that fraction. So what Spencer's saying is that the rebalancing effects here, the index trade where the indexers have to come in and buy these stocks and sell the other stocks isn't going to be very substantial. If this was a huge S&P ad, it's a different story because there's so many more ETFs that track the S&P versus the Dow. So don't expect this huge indexer move where they've got to buy and they've got to buy CRM and they've got to buy Honeywell and they've got to sell Raytheon. Don't expect that is what Mr. Israel is saying because there's just not that much money that tracks the Dow from no. an ETF perspective. There's still some, so there'll be a little bit of effect, but it's not like an S&P move. With that being said, you were seeing significant moves in they all moved. these stocks this morning. And I think that's just the confidence of, oh yeah, you know, the, here we go. This is obviously um, you know, good for these stocks. It's a big name coming into the Dow. Honeywell up six bucks. CRM trading up five bucks. Amgen, the other one coming for Pfizer, trading up 10 points here in the pre-market. If you look at the other ones coming out, ExxonMobil is getting hit down one and a half percent. Not crazy. RTX, exact same, down one and a half percent. And look at this, Pfizer down 1.2%. So they've kind of figured out, you know, yeah, they're knocking the ones that are coming out down. But again, the indexing effects aren't going to have, you know, a huge effect here. So I don't think we expect these huge outsized moves just because of indexers. Uh, someone threw in there, uh, they did add uh, CRM, but uh, I wonder why they didn't add Facebook. I, why, they think Facebook's more deserving than, why, the question, I mean, nobody would know the answer to that. Why yeah, no one knows CRM? the answer to. That's but... kind of, 
an, a little bit of an outlier. I mean, it's a huge cloud play. It's a huge company, great yeah. company. Interesting, you know, and it would be very interesting to figure out exactly why, you know, they added these companies. I mean, the higher price is really an issue. But if you look at Facebook, obviously, as a high price as well. So, so you could say, why didn't they pick this stock, makes, this stock? We don't know what goes into that. They don't really right. tell us to either. Do yeah, they, Spencer? And that's, no, and that's part of what makes this uh, the worst of the major indexes is that not only is it 30 stocks and is Criteria. it rated, but nobody, it's, nobody really knows how they decide what goes in there. It's random. It's the companies they like better. So they like, so the bottom line, Joel, they like CRM better than Facebook. That's your answer. The people voting this in said, no, nah, we like the Salesforce story better than this Facebook story. And we don't care for that Zuckerberg kid either. So he's not going into the Dow. <laughs> That's what they're saying on the inside. I got to the inside scoop right there. there but, right. you know, these are big moves. I mean, they these are big, big moves. moves. So kind of what you're, you're kind of uh, insinuating here is they're big moves, but you're not expecting a lot of continuation on these moves. It, it's hard to say. Uh, not from indexers. Can, right. you know, okay. the confidence of, you know, being put into the Dow drive these things? Because they're getting major press oh, this morning. Definitely. Everybody's talking about it. Definitely. So that's why you're seeing the big moves. And I played these a little bit too. I was able to pick up some Honeywell on the initial headline. I was able to uh, short some RTX on the original headline. That was, you know, pretty, pretty good little move. They didn't move that quickly. Probably because, one, um, it was a weird press release and, and the press release and then you know there was others you know that uh, there, was, there was actually on twitter before i saw the press release which right was the so press weird. release it was out the pr wasn't out i don't think until after 6 p.m yeah i i don't they didn't have the official press release out so it's not like this just hit the wires it was kind of just disseminated in a weird way but it was out there i mean twitter had it out there and the stocks weren't really moving and i was like is this right and then i was like oh it is right because i'm starting to get a verification from other media sources so I tweeted it out too, fairly early. And um, there was an opportunity there in a lot of these stocks if you were quick. Um, like I said, I was able to pick up some Honeywell and I was able to short some RTX. I could have shorted ExxonMobil too, um, but I didn't. I should have, obviously. CRM kind of blasted off. It was already up two bucks very quickly. And I, I could have paid up two bucks for it, hindsight capital 2020. But, you know, I was moving on here. So, um, and obviously CRM went up six, $7 on it. So there was some move, there was some opportunity there if you were quick, but what are your thoughts here now? Maybe look at the laggards first here, Alcon, and then let's look Exxon mobile. Here's a dog that has been a dog for a while, but the dog started barking yesterday. We had this rotation into value. We had this rotation into the laggards, into the reopening trade. Exxon mobile had a nice day yesterday. Is this an opportunity to buy the dip mm. in Exxon mobile? I personally think it is, at uh, least just, from a trading perspective. From a trade, oh, first of all, from a, uh, from you know why the the street was slow to react and everything. I think it's just because you know maybe no one had their Dow being changed filters on, you know, because it hasn't <laughs> happened in uh, in seven years, correct? So uh, yeah, it, it, this is the biggest change in seven. There's been some one-off changes, been some small like, ones, like yeah, Apple. Small. Apple replaced AT and T in 2015. Um, but it's the first time since 2013 that we've had three simultaneous replacements at once. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go to the monthly happen. here on your ExxonMobil, Dennis. And, you know, here you are, not far from the month, March low, right? And you're back. You've had multiple lows here. There's 39.55, 40. I mean, if you think it's coming back, I mean, you are on, you know, three of the last four months, this has been the low. So if you want to do that, Great if you really think here. oil's coming back, then, you know, here you are, 41, 
looks like it's closer to 41. You can maybe get it at 41 today, your last two months low, 40.91, 40.71. Give yourself some room. This actually got down to 30 bucks, but yeah, it's coming into support, but just where's been, I mean, oil's rallied from eight bucks to, you know, whatever, been struggling at 43, and this hasn't performed. What's going to be the catalyst now to get this off, you know, get this... They're all the again. same. It's all these reopening trades that are grouped together. And I mean, what's ExxonMobil have to do with Kohl's? Absolutely nothing. Look at those two charts. You can just see it. They all had, we had this rotation yesterday. And, you know, we're going to talk about the rotation here a little bit further. We can bring it up with Nick Shaheen as well. But you had rotation out of the leaders and into the laggards yesterday. That seems to only last for a couple of days when it happens. But it happened significantly after the open. Tesla opened at the opening tick right at the high opening tick. And then they tanked at 200 points in about 10 minutes. That was an impressive 10% sell-off in Tesla. Um, obviously, Apple is the same thing. Open basically at the opening tick. If you shorted Apple and Tesla at the open, you took zero heat and they went straight down from there. Um, Amazon was chopping around. It tried to rally off the bat, but then it obviously succumbed to it as well. So you saw the rotation happening yesterday back into value. Is the rotation continue? That's always been the question. We think, oh yeah, maybe this is going to be value's time. Maybe value's going to get some life here for the next few weeks and the last two, three days, and then it rotates right back into the other trade. But with that being said, you get a counter move to yesterday in ExxonMobil because of an index and because of being kicked out of the Dow. Um, I think people who were short ExxonMobil maybe get spooked yesterday, and I think they would be trying to cover it maybe on the pullback this morning. So I don't mind ExxonMobil for a trade. Stopping yourself out, I'd stop myself out at the recent lows. If you don't see any immediate response and you see them just start slamming this thing because it's been kicked out of the Dow and they're going to talk about it all day, then that's a different story. But this could be one of those opportunities where you get the counter move against yesterday's nice green candle and it gives you an opportunity there. So I'd probably stop myself out at say that low 4071 from two days ago. And if you can pick it up in the low 41s, you risk yourself 40, 50 cents. Maybe it's maybe you take a shot. I mean, the airlines had a nice day yesterday. Is this the start of something bigger? Until we can get an actual vaccine or therapy, it's hard to see the momentum continue for you know the next month. But I mean, these things have been well, they've been oversold. A lot of these stocks have been oversold. So a technical bounce may be in order and maybe for ExxonMobil as well. And you're certainly not getting any street love from these. I can't remember the last time we've had a ratings in any of these stocks, right? They also cut the dividend. But uh, let's just run through the uh, – just try and do some quick technicals. So Honeywell was added. I think that spreaded to a new all-time high, right? Uh, no. It did make an all-time high. Uh, we got up to 167. We're back at 165 and a half. So keep an eye on your 167. Uh, I think on the downside here, I mean, the recent high of the move was 165.72. So, you know, you're still really, uh, you're still trading below this high right now. Uh, buying this on a pullback, I'm not sure. I mean, the news has already been out. Uh, the other one, it was added CRM. You mentioned that blasted off. That that did make a new all-time high by a wide margin there. Uh, 210 was your breakout By your leak in here. Yeah. Like, same thing with those plasma stocks yesterday. What did they end up doing? Because we thought that they might continue to leak. They what did they end up in. doing? I never looked at them again. They all came in. They Everyone. all came in like I the last. Give us a couple there. of them, Spencer, just so we can look at them from yesterday. I already forget them. 
ADMA. ADMA. Yep. The, so the, the probably the best example was L- all the way down the mountain. LMNL actually opened below the pre-market open. It opened higher in the, yep. at, four, at four a.m. All right. and then at nine thirty, it opened <laughs> below that. What a great tell yesterday! And again, you know, we talked about it on the pre-market. You know, looking at the pre-market action, and you come in, you see these stocks up 50 percent. You're like, oh, maybe it's going to be a good day for these. And then you came and you saw these stocks were up a hundred percent. Now they're only down fifty percent. That's telling you they're already leaking. That's telling you that they could actually open and tank, and they actually did that. So I wish I would have looked back at them because there was some awesome trades here. Apparently, LMNL opening basically at the high tick and then straight down eight points. I mean, there were some huge opportunities to fade that news. Is this the same thing here today? I don't think so, because it's going to be some more news. I don't think CRM is going to go back to scratch or anything like that, but it has leaked. Maybe people are a little bit overexcited last night when they're buying this up over 218, obviously, because it's 213 now. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be one of those cases where it goes back down to 208 or 209. The only one I'm really interested in just is the ExxonMobil, because I was actually looking you know, at trying to get in some of these uh, – reopening trades because I don't have very many of them on and all of a sudden boom it's given me an opportunity to get into one so I think they forget about this after a couple of days the indexing effects aren't going to be very large as per Spencer Israel so I don't mind the pullback next on mobile all right and I think uh what you brought up charts of all those right uh yeah RTN we don't have to go through them RTX, all. I mean, right yeah, I, I don't want to do technicals on all six because it's going to take nope, up the whole done. show, and people are bored, you know, already with the Dow. So let's move on. They want to talk. <laughs> they want to talk. What's moving? RKT. Let's talk it again. Again, I'll, I'll I'll say the egg is on my face. I screwed this one up because I had it long, and then I sold it. Uh, it's been straight up for six days. This has been a huge move now. I mean, it's up fifty percent in the last five days. You're buying it now. You are absolutely doing it backwards. Um, it's been a nice move. Do you keep riding it as far as it'll go? Sure, but this has been a big move now. $31, it's up, it's up two points every day. It's been up two points pretty much every morning for four consecutive, this is the fifth consecutive day. It's gonna gap up two points. That's incredible. It's been an incredible move from basically pissed to bliss, just like that on Kramer comments, buy it now. Um, unbelievable follow through, unbelievable. It, it's obviously a company that's going to make money. It's substantial. It's in a good industry. It's got the mortgage backing to it. I didn't like the way it was performing with the technicals, but I held that IPO. And I guess I, guess yeah, I should have held on for that low. That's what I we did. Said. We said 18 was the boogie. boogie. Yeah, and it never got down to there. So that would have been the, the reason to hold that. And I was in it for a day, and I didn't like the trading action of it. And I cut the loss. And obviously, that was a mistake. Um, it, it worked out for a couple of days because it actually went quite below where I sold it from. I just never rebought it. What? So, um, if you make mistakes, move on. But RKT, if you're in it, poof, it's been a good move here now. <laughs> I'd be trying to figure out how to lock in a little bit of my profits here because you're obviously this. It, this has it's pulled back. It hit 32. So I think uh, if you get a chance to look at this at 32. Or I'd even go 3150, maybe throw a wild offer out there. That's if you want to exit, if you're looking for an exit. But uh, the fact, the other days in the pre market, it was just chugging, 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 and then opened up and chug, chug, chug. This one, you are a little bit, you know, you're a buck, buck 10, buck 20 off the high. So get short term top, maybe if you're holding it for long term, don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, that 30 pre-market high comes in at 32 and a quarter, made another shot at 32.15. And 
now, now selling off a little bit. Market's selling off a little bit too. Uh, really trying to spend some time in the 3440 handle. Uh, I mentioned the pre-market high of 4875. Uh, look at mid-range on the session right now. I'll be keeping an eye here. 3775. That's just that's early mid-range in the S and P. So we'll see. How would you uh, how would you throw a stop out there on Rocket? Like what would what what would you lean on? A stop. I think this is a great question, Spencer. Daily Swing Trader saying long rocket until it stops too. I mean, there's two ways to go about this. One, you want to lock in and try to get near the top. Or two, you're comfortable not getting the top and you're going to wait for a big red candle and then sell it after the fact and say, okay, now, you know, the story is going to cool off here because we finally have a big red candle. I kind of like the second way. You're never going to get the perfect top on it but you're going to be able to ride it for a lot longer than maybe you think in some cases. I mean, that's how I played the workhorse when we were along that thing. I just kept riding it up until I had a really ugly red candle. And that's when my, that's when I sold it. So, I mean, again, you're never going to get the top that way, but if you say this way, if you know it was to go now down below 28 box, I would say I probably want to get out, but you know, sell at 31 right now do you want to wait for 28 but maybe tomorrow it gaps up again and maybe yeah. you raise that up to 30 that's also but, how i feel i i'm you have to you know look i you gotta I, risk a bit to, to to get the bulk of the move right and you have to accept the fact that unless you get very lucky you're not going to get the top never but if you set a stop below maybe whatever say 10 15 percent or as dennis said one big red day then yeah. at least you know most likely that you milked it for all you could, right? Yeah, you were in it at least the whole time. You might not get the whole gain, but at least you know the run is, appears to have cooled off for a little bit. I love it when they cool off and then they consolidate for three, four days go. and they start there to take go. off again. Yep. That would give me an entry point. There's no entry point here. Is there an exit? I mean, it depends on what you're comfortable with. It's a pretty big move. When you make 50% of your money in five days, and this isn't you know a small company, this is a big company, um, it's a big move. It's a big move. Couple things to keep in mind, and one thing you uh, that you made a good point was, you know, let's maybe get a couple days of consolidation, right? It, let's say it holds up here, like even twenty eight, like right now. Well, that's probably, an entry if you get a couple days of consolidation, though. I well, mean, if you get a couple days of consolidation, you get a couple lows in the same area, then maybe put your stop below that area. Right. Let's say we have four or five days where the lows are between twenty nine and twenty nine and a half. All right. Then you, uh, you maybe throw your stop at twenty eight seventy five and you lean on that area. Right now, we only have one low to lean on, and that's that low from yesterday, uh, which was uh, twenty seven eighty five. So that could be one point. Another strategy that uh, Raz has pointed out to me did not work on his rule pool. You know, look and see what a 30 calls going for today. You know, if it's going for three or four bucks Sell a or stock something. Buy a call. Stock Sell replacement a call. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you could take some profit and buy another call, but I was thinking are there options? My options platform. Out. Are there options yet? Oh yeah. One? Cause yep. it's new. there is options. Yep. There are. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it, so we'll see. I mean, right now to me, a comfortable stop would be below the low from yesterday, 2785. And the way it's trading now, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to come anything oh. close to that. Also keep an eye on the old time closing high. Like we, we put a lot of emphasis on the highs and the lows. How about the old time closing high, 29.11? Boom. That's it. You know, looks like it's going to improve on it today. So that's what I'm looking at in uh, Rocket. 
I mean, and I'll also, you know, not argue with you if you just want to book the profits and not worry about yep. stops because it's been a big move and you cannot go wrong. You know, sell your peanuts while the circus is in town, famous saying by Harlan Pyan. That works too. And I mean, that's the way I kind of approach a lot of trades and I do miss some big moves because of it. But I also, you know, I lock in the winners and they don't become losers usually because of it too. I've always, I'm very good at entering trades. I've always been poor at exiting them. So <laughs> my RKT entry was pretty good too. I just exited it very poorly because I stopped myself out. I'm, I'm risk adverse. So when I start seeing stocks move against me on good earnings, I got to cut that loss. That's another thing too. Is it going to be one of the, like they pre-announced, right? A couple of They weeks had a ago? good report. Yeah. I, well, yeah. No, they pre-announced. Right. Was it pre-announced or it wasn't scheduled, was it? No, they're scheduled for next week. They're scheduled yeah. for... Maybe just let it run until earnings. Well, there you go. And you know the earnings are going to be okay. Could pull the footlocker. <laughs> we're okay. Well, we know the earnings are good. It's going to run into it. And they're going to be good. Then we're going to gap it up again. And maybe you saw that <laughs> I day. I just I'm not saw sure. that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good possibility. All right. So speaking of earnings, we should yes. probably go, uh, go there next. Let's go to Best Buy here. Yep. And then we'll go to Palo Alto after that from yesterday. Best Buy out this morning. Uh, EPS... Uh, Good sales, good. A buck seventy-one versus a dollar eight cents on the EPS. Sales nine point nine versus nine point seven billion dollars. Uh, what do they say? They said uh, online uh, sales increased two hundred and forty-two percent year over year. Um, they are planning for Q three sales to be higher compared to last year, but it likely will not continue at the current quarter-to-date level of 20% year over year growth. So uh, they, like everyone else are seeing, uh, saw huge demand and are, are cautioning that, that, that demand will slow. Uh, it, it's a, it's just a matter of the stock ran too far. It ran too far. It's been running and running and running and running. And this is best buy. This isn't some little tech, you know, play. This stock was $90 a month ago, $120 and almost hit yesterday, 119.48. The expectations were just through the roof. They blew away the high expectations even. It still wasn't good enough. So yes, they popped it on the initial number um, in the pre-market just slightly. And then they pulled the rug out from under and it's trading down. So if you want to know why a stock trades down on a good report, it's when everything is priced in uh, oh, to be good. And then obviously, you know, the commentary that this might not continue doesn't help. But it's been a good run for Best Buy. I mean, it's been an unbelievable performer. $114 is still basically where it was as of yesterday. So let's see, let's see, let the earnings digest here for a few days and maybe take a look back at it. Yeah, I'm not doing good with my trend lines here. Oh, that's not bad. You could probably do a little bit better at home, but you know, not, not necessarily off the low of the move, but when it really started ramping up, I mean, that's a pretty steep trend line there for, uh, for Best Buy. Uh, where are we trading at right now? We are trading at 114 even. I think I like to use yesterday's range, right? Uh, 114.80. That call 115 resistance now because that would fill the gap from yesterday. If you keep going, they decide to like the report, then they'll take you to scratch at 117.37. On the downside, you did get down to 110, and that's a really interesting area. And it's an interesting area because you had two lows that uh, surrounded 110 on the 17th and 18th, and then another low at 1066 and 1044. So, whoo, it stopped at a good point. Let's see if it can get above yesterday's low and test the close. Long term, if it broke 110, I think I'd have to hit the exit button. 
Palo Alto Networks last night uh, yeah. getting hit here. The report was decent as well. Again, maybe same story. Stock had run pretty far. And then you had an ugly red candle yesterday as obviously the money was coming out of some tech trades and moving into some reopening trades. So you get the snap back initial pop on the earnings. It was a gift. It held for oh. about five minutes and then they pulled the rug out from under it and tanked it. Give us the numbers, Mr. Israel. There's so much more in the technicals sometimes than in the numbers and the technicals would have given you a gift here and you be selling into that pop yeah they also announced a small acquisition i'm not sure how much that's moving the needle here but they announced that they're going to buy the Crypsis group for 265 million dollars small acquisition for them as far as your earnings a buck 48 versus a buck 39 estimate sales of 950 versus 923 million dollars so beat and beat in uh for the last quarter and for guidance for this quarter the eps uh was very good they gave a range in the low to mid one dollar 30 cent range which is above the one dollar 18 cent estimate sales guidance was also strong uh in the low 900 million dollar range which is also above the estimate so strong guidance strong earnings but ran a lot into the into the report so. yeah and again victim of you know the rotation out of tech which we are seeing again this morning we haven't talked about that but there is follow-through here this morning as well qqqs are trading in the red here apple is trading down two and a half bucks and tesla is trading down another 30 bucks so you're seeing a little bit of follow-through rotation i want to get to that we'll get to that with nick shaheen in a bit i do have some thoughts on that rotation uh but palo alto victim of the rotation to a certain extent here do you buy the pullback in it? I always wait till the dust settles. I don't like to buy on day one because we don't know if you're going to have continued follow through. And I don't want to be a hero and say 258 is going to be the bottom. Um, I usually like to wait a few days until the dust settles on an earnings report because you don't know where the people, you know, the institutions are feeling and there could be follow through. And sometimes they take days to sell. So I'd wait till the dust settles on this one. Uh, your pre-market low went down to 52.61. Uh, but if you're looking for support here, this uh, 255 area is interest uh, to me because you had a couple lows, 5385, 5406. So let me scratch that. Let's call it, uh, it 354. Wait to come back down to that area. Um, on the upside, really, the only thing you can look at is the high off the low, and that's at 62 even. So there's your early resistance, your early support in Palo Alto Networks. Uh, and we'll do one more. I guess we might as well just do uh, the other one. Uh, PLCE, Jordan's Place, was on my radar from this morning. Brick-and-mortar retail, uh, EPS, Holy bad ball from sale. Grace, this stock has been 20 bucks. It's 20 now? Or the numbers? Uh, EPS bad. They lost a buck forty-eight versus a dollar fourteen cent loss estimate. Sales of three sixty-eight versus three sixty-five million dollars. So, losing money. Um, let me see how that compares year over year in the pro calendar. So a year ago, they made nineteen cents per share, uh, and then this year they lost a dollar forty-eight cents per share. This stock was just so loved two years ago. And I can remember talking with this stock and I never got it. I never understood why, but I couldn't argue with it. It went from in 2016, $60 in 2017, got to a hundred and 2018 got to 160 topped out there, put the double top at the end of 2018 and it has been straight down ever since. And obviously COVID not helping this mall based retailer, not loved at all. It's been straight down there too. $20 though? Am I coming and selling it now? I mean, I, I, it's a reopening trade. It had a nice candle yesterday. 
I could see this thing reversing, not to go green, but I could see a buy, buyers coming in in this 20 level and bouncing a bit. So I'm going to watch the 20 level closely as a trade. If it does take out 20, that's not good news. But 20 is the bogey for me. Let's see what it does there after the open, not pre-market, after the open. Let's see where it opens. You know what the trade is? It's a Joel Alcona trade. See where it opens. Let the dust settle for the first few minutes. And then if it can come back up through that opening price, that's where you strike. So we're going to wait to see what the official opening is. Write that one down. That's the way I'm going to play it. And if it comes back up through that opening, then I'm going to buy it. And then it stopped myself out at the low of the day. So hypothetical situations, open 2050, rolls down, hits 1990, wants to take out those 20 stops and comes back up through 2050, then I would stop myself out at that 1990 low. That's how I would set up that trade from a risk reward perspective. At least, you know, I can control the it's risk. It's a nice setup. Yep. I, that's uh, the Joel Alcona method. You taught me that 20 years ago, Joel, and I still use it today. Who, what, what guest hasn't been on the show in a long time? Here. Spencer, you're probably going to get this. Yeah. Um, hated this stock. Hated it. No, I thought someone hated loved, it. I thought someone loved it. No. No, she was short. Uh, was it um, – it was Rachel Shasha, right? Yep. Yeah, she – oh, she was short. I, I, I remember her mentioning – She hated it. Okay. She's making oh. some money if she's short. I, and that was years ago. Go Rachel. That was like three years ago. <laughs> uh, she's still short. Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, someone ain't done selling yet. Uh, looking at that chart, there's a step-down seller in there. They could just throwing in the towel. They're saying, I can't believe I ever bought this stock. I want out, and they're just pressing. So we'll see where the pre-market low is. We'll see where you get your open. Uh, boy, go to the monthlies. The April low was 14.03. Don't think we'll see that today. Uh, but if you drill down in your dailies, the only thing I would look at besides what uh, Dennis was talking about, uh, would be if there's like a double or triple bottom in one area. Uh, but besides that, doesn't doesn't feel good. Step down seller in there. They have really expensive stuff, don't they? I don't think it. No. You know what? I've My wife's been in there. I don't really go shopping at all. But I think she gets some deals in there. I don't think it's super expensive. But it's just a big store for children's clothes. Like I remember the size of that store. Like I think I was in one once. Huge. Like, it's a yeah. big store. Yep. So. And maybe yep. they're not all like that. Maybe I just happen to be in the big one. But anyways, I never totally understood it. But I'll just say, let's see. I, I think there's a potential for a rebound here um, after the open. Let's see where it opens. Let's rate that okay. opening down price. And I'm going to try to trade it that way and see if it works. All right, Nick Shaheen. I want to know if he, if he is uh, playing his options in uh, rocket companies and Tesla and everything else. Uh, Nick, good morning. Good morning to you guys. Uh, what, what are you playing these days? What's on, what's on your radar? The easiest trades I've done lately is range bound on the small caps. So on the RUT, uh, selling iron condors basically, because it seems to be the only one stuck in muck yeah, and, true. uh, and has a good base. So it won't fall because markets won't fall, but it's not following the rallies. Um, so that's the most reliable ways of uh, the, IW, the IWM, you mean, uh, RUT or IWM. I prefer the RUT uh, for some reason. It's just personal preference um, than the IWM. But okay. the IWM give you, gives you a little more flexibility because of the uh, width of the spreads that you want to sell. You can sell $1 wide or 3 or 4 or $5 for the RUT. It's a little more limited than that. Wait, what, what is the RUT? Is, is, is that a symbol? It's the index versus the ETF. Oh, the index. Okay, great. Okay, got it. Yep. I just... So they're so, both in small caps. They track each other. One is 10 times the other. 
Uh, one is an ETF and one is the index, same as the SPX is for the SPY. Right. So, Mr. Shaheen, great point you're making here. The small caps have kind of just been stuck in the muck. It seems like every time they look like they're going to show some life, and not only the small caps, just the value stocks altogether. Uh, but, you know, every time it looks like, okay, yeah, they're turning the reopening trades coming, vaccine, they're going to start buying these things, and then they just head them right back down. And the only sustained trade we've had, obviously, has been tech. Do you think eventually here we're going to start to see some life or does this just continue to the end of the year where the small caps are range bound? Um, you, you know, I keep re repeating the process every time a, uh, a bear call spread or credit call spread uh, dies uh, from or I close it for near maximum gains. I just reopen it out in time. Um, and then if we fall down from where I think we're going to hit resistance because I tend to sell them on up days rather than down days. If I mm -hmm. see some limitations to them, then when they fall down, I'll open the other side. So this way you get into an iron condor, but not at the same time. So the iron condor is where you sell risk above current price, meaning you don't want price to go up and you sell risk below current price. So you don't want price to go down. You want to capture a range. But if you don't do it at the same time and you time it well, then you end up capturing a lot of uh, premium for not a lot of risk because you timed it well. Uh, this would be the ideal situation. So you can, you can do this best if you know some chart reading techniques uh, because then you can say, okay, I'm, I'm going into resistance and it has worked before. Let me take a chance and sell and collect $1, for example, um, on, an, uh, on a $5 white spread, which you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a heck of a lot when you consider the percentages one divided by four. Uh, for just one week, for example. So yeah, the idea is to look at the chart, determine where the, your spots that are resistive and supportive and just try to um, play off of those. Rather trying to, it's, it's hard to predict a price target. It's easy to predict uh, prices where they're not going to go, places where they're not going to go. Question coming from Dr. J in the chat. He wants to look at Citigroup and JP Morgan. The bank started showing life for the first time yeah. in a while yesterday. Continuing mm -hmm. here this morning, we often see the two-day move. I talk about it where you have a move and then you'll see follow through the next morning. Do you see this move continuing in the banks or is this just another opportunity to sell? So um, on August 12th, I think they were popping like mad. Yes. And um, I sent out a note in the chat room to short them. And just minutes later, I kid you not, it was minutes later where they, they did a U-turn and fell. Everybody's reading down. your note. Uh, what was that? Everybody's reading your note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're sweet. A couple hundred people, I don't think, are going to move the market. So um, the good idea, the, the best thing I've done with the banks is sell puts and put spreads on bad days because the one sure thing we know about them, they're all absolutely cheap. And they're all bulletproof because of the, uh, the Fed stress tests. I prefer JP Morgan uh, over Bank of America from the standpoint of Bank of America may have some mortgage exposure. And when this CARES Act ends, it might be messy for homeowners and we could have a real estate problem. I'm not sure. Um, so I don't think JP Morgan holds mortgages. I don't know about Citigroup but I hear Citigroup is cheap. So JP is not the cheapest, but it is quote the best considered. So it's probably gonna trade the best along with the group. Citigroup is probably cheaper from a metric perspective, like a price to uh, a book, for example, and also a PE. So they're all cheap. They're all in the teens, if not single digit PEs. The one I'd like to trade is Wells Fargo because it is the worst and has the most hair on it. So it tends to have the most hate already built into the stock. So the, less, the least um, downside, 
But like right now in Wells Fargo, it's teetering on a bottom that if it loses it, it's going to like whoosh down really badly. But so far, so good. And the May bottom has held, but only by a little bit. So if I sell puts, it puts spreads in Wells Fargo, for example, I don't want to say puts because I don't want to stick somebody with a stock. Um, I tend to want to have like a tight stop below it. It all depends on what kind of risk. So I do like the banks. I hate chasing them. So if you're expecting upside in the banks, then you're expecting the Fed to change its policies. It, it's been a tough trade. I mean, and I, obviously there's Think you know, about small it. business. That's a concern there as well. A lot of small businesses hurting. Oh banks God. have big exposure to small business. It's the exact opposite of the tech trade, which is probably <sighs> why the tech trade has worked and so, the bank trade hasn't. So let's take helicopter view, for example, for, for a minute here. I get it that you want to bounce back from a, um, a catastrophe like uh, the, the quarantine, the, the, the March drop in the S&P, for example. I get it. You want to recover um, the drop. So it makes sense to recover the, some of the drop. Okay, you can sell me on recovering all of the drop. I don't know why you would, because in February we had maximum employment and now we have maximum unemployment. And now we have horrendous economic conditions versus back then. And you still want to recover all of it. Okay, look, I'll take a happy pill and I say, okay, fine, you can do that. But to exceed it, there's no way. The, QQ, the, the NASDAQ exceeded it and doubled it. Okay, so the, there, the concept, maybe I can ignore because they say the problems that, are, that came up from the, the correction help these stocks because they're all COVID stocks. So I'll ignore that. But why is the S&P doing the same? It shouldn't be the same. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so buying long-term here, like as an investment makes no sense to me trading upside momentum fine. But if, if somebody is looking to get into a hot stock for the long-term right now, I bet they were going to have a better entry point. We're on the line with Nick Shaheen, uh, author of create income with option spreads. Nick, I mean, it's, I know you like to you know, try and figure out where, um, indexes or stocks aren't going, but what do you, what do you look for in a turn? Right. I mean, there's absolutely no sign pulling up the S&P futures or the S&P. Uh, I know Dennis and I, this is kind of a gut thing. It's a field. It's the way the S&Ps are moving. But I, I know you like to focus on the VIX. And I think that that has helped you nail some other turns in the market. What, what, do you, what are you focusing on right now to decide if this market's ever going to have a down day? <laughs> I use the VXX or the VIX futures intraday uh, side by side with the, the uh, movement of the indices. So if I'm actively trading or want to tra track the markets intraday, those two are an absolute must. And it's, they're like bulletproof with telling me which way the market's going to go and where the pivot points are. So if you were to look for something and you're, you want to know if you're doing the right thing or not, look left. I promise you, it sounds ridiculous. Just look at the chart and look left. See what happened the last time you were at this point. And then it'll tell you if it's a point of interest in any stock. And then you can, you can tell if you're buying at a place where it has failed the last time it was there. So why are you doing that? Show me the money, get above it, then buy it for momentum from there. Otherwise, the assumption is going to fail just like last time until they prove you it won't. So just look left on the chart. So the VXX, or the VIX futures help me intraday, I don't use them more than that. It's always a five minute chart, not one, five. 
because uh, one minute charts is just too erratic and it gives you a lot of false positives, whereas the five minutes is a little more stable. We have a lot of people in the chat talking about space and finally had a decent candle yesterday, SPCE. Full disclosure, I am still long my space. Yeah, Should have sold it at 25, 26 after they did the offering and it's been well, just a dog ever since. Is this the type of turn you look for here or is this just too much overhead supply? Well, um, I'm long and I issued longs, but it's always based on selling puts below current price. Because if you believe in space as a business, this is the only public market one, uh, the public stock. Yeah. So the, the only headline risk to this uh, temporary is, um, I don't know, Blue Origins or, or SpaceX going public maybe, then uh, this might get hammered. But then the people will figure out, wait a minute, this is a real business. So all three should, should win. So that would be the ultimate dip to buy should ever that, that happen. However, just from looking at space right now, it is falling. Let me see. Is this a daily? Because this is a daily. I'll share a daily chart. Yeah, and it's sure. falling into a volume. Show next charts? Um, um, so I, I can put links in the, in, in, the, okay. in the chat room and they can click. Anybody can click on it and they can well, see it. Nick, do you want to share your screen and show us what you yeah. yeah. Uh yeah sure hold on let me hide a couple of things. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the stuff that's yeah. <laughs> let me turn off the let me, let, let me turn off the porn. We don't want to see what's on your <laughs> no screen, server, Ned. This is a PG show. <laughs> okay, so where where is okay share oh. screen? There we go. Screen make sure you're showing the right. Yeah 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 I got you. All right, let's see what we got. All right, are you get are you there? There we go. Yep. Okay okay so this I is the screen. This. this is the screen you're seeing. Sweet. Okay, so this is just trading view, um, daily chart, one year's worth of data. All right, so if you want to hunt down a technical thing you want to learn, learn volume profile, volume profile. So these are volume bars down here. They tell you when the actual tick happens, wh when the volume happened on that day, on that day, on that day. This to me is useless information. This is the same data over here on the left, but it tells you where it happened on the chart. So this tells me that this orange line right there is the point where they've traded it the most. This is where bulls and bears agree the most. Awesome. So with two bars on top that are pretty heavy too. So the whole zone should be support on the way down. So this is where I like to sell puts on the way down into support. Do I sell the puts right here? If I'm aggressive, sure. But I'd, I'd take another leg lower and sell puts. So looking at this, there's support right here from the pro volume profile telling me this is the point of control. There's more support down here because these are three solid bounces with another bounce on top. And then this is another bounce and another bounce. Take your pick. Any entry point down here is great. So selling puts down here is a decent play on a bounce. So if you sell the put, then you're long already. If, it, if this indeed gets follow through and it and then it beats a prior fail right here, then it gathers momentum higher to the next prior fail, which is probably here and here. So sell puts to start, buy calls to chase the rally. Let's have Nick uh, just keep the screen here for a bit and do some ticker time with him because I love seeing his Let's charts go. here. Um, so again, chat just throwing tickers out all over the place here. Um, Mitch was saying MAXR, it's a stock we haven't looked at for a while. They're oh, Maxer geez. Technologies. Right in the weeds. Okay. Been, a, been a high flyer though. <laughs> Been a mover, MAXR. I'm just going to throw. We're going to 30 seconds at you. We're going to do okay, a whole bunch. Okay, so MAXR, there's no way I'd start longs here. Look at what happened right here. I don't know what. This is a weekly chart. So I would wait for a breach of 28.30 to chase it higher. And even then, I would probably get out at 31.50 or something because that's another ledge right here. 
Oscar asking for Sorrento Therapeutics SRNE stock went from less to piss and it's been really ugly. Ugh. Okay, so it should have stabilized somewhere around here, but it didn't. And instead it went back to this neckline. So now they've given back this whole rally. It's iffy if it's a good base. So if you're long, I would put a short below this low. Uh, worst case, short below, I mean, a stop, sorry, a stop below this low and a stop below this low. Otherwise, that's the place to catch it right here. Randy wants to know about Novavax NVAX. Uh, I came out and took so man. much heat for I hated this at 145 and everybody so I was gave short. me heat. I, was I got short. hate mail on that when I said okay, I did not so like Novavax. Me too, me too. That's why I closed my short. I just didn't want to look at it anymore. So <laughs> I was short via credit call spreads a couple of times, two, three times, and I won. And then I tried two debit put spreads, one with eh, and one lost some money. So I said, screw it. I'm, I'm greenish overall. I'm out. Uh, so it, it better hold this. Otherwise, it's going to here. So that's, and I, I, I did a video on it recently. So look it up somewhere. And it is it basically says don't hate me for saying that there's a potential that if it doesn't hold here some sort of an inverse cup and handle that could drop it but the good news is there are a couple of points of support this candle is kind of weird so i would look at somewhere around 103 and then uh, to fill the gap probably somewhere around 84 or two points in time that look they stick out to my eye here um i wouldn't i would book any longs if i catch a bid up to here like see short or fade that's my own and this would be probably say um caution inverse cup and handle so Feiruzi wants to know about uh sun power spwr full disclosure i am long sun power and i kind of like the chart here too wow okay so this is higher lows it's in the hands of the bulls if it drops anywhere near its 1050 it's a buy the dip moment this is probably the first 1125 is buy the dip and chase the rip above the highs here looks like they're they're knocking on a roof um, kind of like they did here. So if they f fade a little bit into this support, it'll be a nice place to buy to see if they, the la next nudge higher will go. This is a daily chart so for perspective. So if you're a faster trader, you need to get down to these uh, detail levels. Uh, let's do one more here from earlier in the chat, Work Slack. Ooh, good one. Okay, so I use Slack every day for the chat room. We do too. Um, I wouldn't pay him a penny for well, it. Well, so. <laughs> some of us use a dentist, not all of us. Uh, yeah, they always yell at me because I don't look at my Slack. <laughs> okay, so you see a whole bunch of lines on it, but they all mean something. So there was an opportunity here that I pointed out and they exceeded it once they took the neckline out. So it, I thought it was going to be an inverse head and shoulders. It wasn't. It was an inverse head and shoulders with an extra shoulder. So, but eventually came to fruition. Then when they fell back into the neckline, if you see that, the same starting point they tried to hold they tried to hold they tried to hold and i drew the the opposite head and shoulders it didn't happen then it got an extra shoulder just like the inverse that started it and then it finally came down they didn't fill the whole uh potential of it maybe they're still on track to do so so i wouldn't chase it up until first of all breaks 30 40 or more importantly 31 20 so what is that orange line anybody remember quiz time look left this is the point of control. So that is tremendous resistance in my opinion. So on the way up. I love that so, little orange line. So it's an automatic It looks yellow to me though. Okay, so I'm a little colorblind. Point my weakness is what else you wanna know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm zooming in on it and this should change it, but it's not. This has consistently been a highly traded spot. So yeah. on the way up, 
think about it on the way up. They love it. They're going to buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. It's like hitting the brakes. So I would put a trade alert right up here um, and say breaking uh, POC. So point of control. I like that trade that's, alert that's too. This guy knows what he's doing. All right, Nick Shaheen, uh, you can find more uh, of his uh, trades and analysis uh, on his site. Uh, create income with option spreads. It's on the Marketify Boom. platform. He's on Twitter at RacerNick, R-A-C-E-R-N-I-C. Uh, Nick, we, we missed you. We appreciate you coming on. Mm -hmm. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, good luck. Thank you and have a great day. All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, let's do let's do a few more tickers here before we wrap up the show. I'd written a few of them down. Someone had asked early on, Dennis, if you have changed your mind on VXRT. VX I don't remember what my mind was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember ever talking about this stock. I, I thought you were you were along that one. No, that no. VX Never traded the stock. I don't think before. But VXRT. This looks like a broken story to me. Just looking at the chart here. I mean, you tried to hold that 850 and you've broken down from there. Now, I don't know what the catalyst is. I don't know bucks. anything about this company. But, yeah, I think six bucks is your next stopping point. I don't like this one at all. Yeah, unless, I mean, unless it put, makes a bunch of lows in the same area, then the volume backs off a little bit. But this year, it looks like it's, I don't know, there's some news on it today, it looks like, because it's, uh, it's down 42 it, cents. It, it, it's literally, this is a vaccine play, so it, it, trades, oh. With oh, no, it trades with Novavax and all those, and they're all down here. Nah, so. this looks broken. Looks like a broken, some stories cool off, some stories look broken, the story looks broken. Next. Next. All right. I'm going to go back to – wait, let me make sure there's anything else on our list we didn't get to. I, I, I don't know. Well, let's do some tickers. We want to do tickers yeah, in the okay. chat. That's what I meant by next. List. Okay. Um, so 857. Uh, we're going to go back and forth. I'll do one. Joel, do one. I'll do one. Joel, do one. 30 seconds. Unless, I really, unless I really disagree with you. Okay. Uh, here's one that we mentioned on the pre-market -pre show. S-H-L-L. Oh, well, Spencer, this one's uh, yours. Actually, we should give it to Spencer because Spencer's yep. killing not it on this one. I, I take no – I am You're along this stock and long and strong. You hold Yeah, yeah. so Spencer, I, go ahead. This is Spencer Israels. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm long and strong. My plan is to do nothing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's my sometimes. plan. Is to do absolutely <laughs> nothing. Plan. Um, I, I imagine I would probably panic if it fell down to like 20, but that's a long ways away. <laughs> so, uh, the plan is to do nothing. That that is my plan on SHLL. The SPAC trade's gotten hot yeah. again, and you know maybe we should just take it over to LCA for a second too. And I'll you know because this was in the chat, and I'll talk about it too. I'm still along my LCA. 17 is gonna be a big number for this thing. It looks like it's gonna want to challenge it today. Can it get through 17? That's the question. That's obviously the high from back in late June when this thing took off. It's been a big move for a week and a half. Question is, can it get through 17? That's what I'm watching closely. I'm still on. Next. You did, and you took a little bit of heat on that one. We talked about that on the pre pre market show. Wow, what I look at this monthly candle up, monthly candle down, monthly candle up. Let's see if it gets back to 17. It's big, important John, number. Johnson Johnson, which is not one we looked at in, in a little bit. See you, Joel. Johnson and Johnson. Let me take a look here. I think it's in the – how's it doing today? Today it's up a quarter. <laughs> I don't know. Trade the range. Someone 154. You need to bust above 154 soon, get up there to do all-time highs. I think there's probably a big seller at the point there. So I'd use that two-day high, uh, which was 153.65. It matches that high, 153.62. That's some major resistance there. 
All right, uh, keep going on the chat. Let's see. What about what about what about Biogen? I don't know. Well, I'm long it, so I might as well take it. Still long Biogen. <laughs> that last rally got faded big time there because the FDA was going to look at the drug. I, I mean, it was a kind of a gimme. Um, I've been long this thing. My average cost base is forty bucks, so I'm not selling because I don't want to pay the tax. Uh, with that being said, this is still just waiting on the decision from the FDA. Alzheimer's drug gets approved. It's a five or $600 stock. There's not that high of likelihood that happening though. Um, more likelihood is it doesn't get approved and the stock falls probably 50 or $60 down to the 220 years. So you got a binary event eventually coming. We don't know when. Uh, coming in a major, major, super extra, six low major support. On Neo here, and this is one of the gang to upgrade this. I better take this from one too. UBS. UBS upgrading Neo from sell to neutral. Going to get a price target of sixteen dollars yeah. and thirty cents. So they are very sixteen thirty. They are very specific. <laughs> I talked about that buying this. I talked about buying this yesterday. I'm stealing it from you because I did buy it yesterday. Okay. I bought a fourteen fifty. Um, for a swing trade, stopping myself out at the two lows, which is 1350 and 1360, hoping it challenges and takes out the 1644. So the one thing working against me a little bit is that this tech Momo trade has cooled off a little bit, but I like the fact that Neo held up yesterday. I like the fact that it's actually, well, it's the upgrade helping it maybe this morning, but you know, that's the good news. The bad news is that, you know, we've rotated into a little more value names right now. So the rotation is working a bit against it. If that rotation starts to turn back into it, maybe Neo can challenge those highs. So again, I'm willing to give it a little bit of room. Going to stop myself out of the double bottom around 1350. Risking a buck to try to make a couple bucks or more. All right. And we'll do one or two more from the chat. What about... Oh, we haven't looked at Jumaiah in like a week or two. Jumaiah. This is a wild one, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, I like it. That's a nice chart. That's a nice looking chart. Yep. Yep. I like this one. I like this one because Gene likes it and it had a great run. It's got a little overdone. This is like the internet of um, of Africa, right? Or something like that? Yeah, the Amazon. The that. Amazon, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, 10 bucks, look at here. Yeah, I like it's it. It's bouncing I mean, where it should bounce. Yeah. Like, this I mean, is, it's, well, it at, least paused. Yep. It's, at least it's paused where you'd think it should pause. We went through 10 because you want to hit the stops that are leaning on 10, 957. Then you held up yesterday. I'd say now I'm stopping myself out the 957 low. You risk yourself a buck and you think maybe this story could start to, I'd almost like it to stabilize a little bit more. I don't think it's just going to blast right up. I think it's going to be a little slop and chop here, probably around this $10 area for a while. But if we can stabilize in this area, eventually it could maybe look interesting. So I've wrote, written this on my, on my watch list now, this JMIA, because it's pausing where you think it would pause. And maybe eventually the story can get hot again. Its story's obviously cooled down. We don't know if the story is broken or if the story is just cooled off. If it's just cooled off, it has the potential to get hot again. But I don't think it's going to get hot overnight. I think you got some time on this yet before you need to get it. All right. Uh, as far as the rest of the tickers, I'm going to write them down. And Joel and I are going to try to cover them at the uh, 3.40 uh, p.m. show. I want to see us get to... 200 likes today we're knocking on the door i'd love to see that in the next couple uh, of seconds or next minute or so as i wrap up the show here but you can always catch a replay of the show on youtube the podcast is also available on every major podcast platform spotify itunes soundcloud uh, google etc etc so 
there's that. Uh, thanks to our guest, Nick Shaheen. Thanks to all of you in our chat. There's the Benzinger Pro Chat, the chat on uh, benzinger.com slash premarket-prep, and the chat, of course, on YouTube. Uh, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. And I think that's it. So everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. Joel and I will see you at 3.40 p.m. Eastern.